at the movies. Hello, one. Hello, all. My name's Bryony, and you're listening to Marta's at the Movies. You find me right now with a mug full of the only hot drink worth considering in autumn Santiago weather. That's hot chocolate, in case any of you thought it could possibly refer to tea or coffee. And I'm wanting to learn to parler le français after the last film I watched, the wonderfully quirky Amelie. When I'm not on a mission to give back lost garden gnomes, I'm ordering my movie soundtracks playlists into top ten lists. In fact, the whole premise of this podcast is highly subjective and also probably inaccurate, because I have no good reasons or explanations for why songs make it into my list each week, other than whether or not I personally like them. Martes, mar, 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 Martes at the movies. Last week, I talked about the most iconic movie themes ever, but don't worry if you missed it, because you can head over to It's Just Bry on YouTube and listen to a playlist of all of last week's songs. There were some absolute crackers on the list, so I'd highly recommend checking it out. Although, of course, as ever, some of you thought that my list was incomplete. A few of you actually, uh, Chris in particular, expressed sadness at the fact that Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter didn't make it onto the list. Whilst good old Tom went for as eccentric a suggestion as ever with the theme from his favourite film, Local Hero. Got any thoughts on this week's list? Be part of the conversation. Let me know what you liked, disliked, and what I missed out on by tweeting me at it's just bry one that's small caps, no spaces, digit one, or by hitting me up on the Marches at the Movies page on Facebook or WordPress. Now is your chance to get involved, chatting about this week's theme. It's movie villain song time. And now it's time for the highly subjective and probably inaccurate top ten list of the week. I'm not sure what exactly it says about me that my favourite song off any given movie soundtrack is almost always the villain's song. When I was about 10 years old, I took a presumably highly scientific quiz online which decided which Hogwarts house I belonged in, and it did put me in Slytherin, so perhaps that's got something to do with it. I initially refused to accept my destiny, sure that the test was just faulty and that I would end up in Gryffindor in the real world, but with time I've come to not just accept, but also to be a loyal member of the home to pretty much every evil wizard ever to come out of Hogwarts. I've got Slytherin cups, door hangers, and even a beanie. I'm proudly on the dark side. Plus, Loki is easily the best character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and if you don't think that, then you're just kidding yourself. Just think about it. Why wouldn't you be a fan of the bad guy? The villains have all the fun. They're allowed to be moody and sarcastic, and they get the best songs. The lyrics are deliciously clever, twisted, and ironic. They're always written in a fabulous minor key, with brilliant strings or bass accompaniment, and it all builds to an exceptional climax. To make things even better, every single one of the songs in this week's top ten list comes from either a Disney film or a musical, so I couldn't be more in my element. Let your fear lead to anger, anger lead to hate, and hate lead you to the dark side, from my top ten list of movie villain songs. Today's first song is bottom on the list because it's not sung by the villain herself, so it loses some points there because we don't get that same sense of menace that's provided when the villain is singing and outlining their evil plan. 
It is, however, the only song in the list to be named after the villain themselves. Specifically, the wonderfully evil Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will To see her is to take a sudden chill Cruella, Cruella I had a small epiphany just there now when I realised that Cruella de Vil is a play on both the word cruel and devil. Which I'm thinking everyone else probably worked out a long time ago. But I was too busy being scared by that scene in which she demonically and hysterically drives a car through the snow. Cruella's one of the best Disney villains. She's so reckless and relentless. She'll do anything to get her hands on a nice fur coat. And this song goes to town on her, calling her everything from a vampire bat to the devil via an inhuman beast and a spider, just in case you were in any doubt about whose side you should be on once she steals those puppies. I won't award it any higher on this list, however, because I'm still smarting a little bit from the time at university, about four years ago now, when myself and 11 friends dressed up really well, I have to say, genuinely, an excellent group costume as Cruella, Horace, Jasper and nine puppies. And we didn't win a prize for it in the costume competition. Not even, like, highly commended. Not that I'm bitter about it or anything, clearly. Next up, we've got a properly powerful song from one of my favourite musicals, Into the Woods, which has only very recently been made into a movie. It came out about uh, six months ago. It brings together lots of different fairy tale characters to show that wishes coming true and hopes of happily ever after don't always end that way. It's not always that pretty. So the story follows a baker and his wife as they go on a quest to find many different items to reverse a spell cast on them by Meryl Streep's character, a witch, who we've got here belting out her big villain number about how it's everybody's last opportunity before the kingdom is destroyed. It's called Last Midnight. The last midnight, it's the boom splat. Nothing but a vast midnight, everybody smiles. Deciding who is the real villain of Into the Woods is actually kind of a tricky one. I mean, the witch is the most obvious candidate, as it's her curse which sets the whole story in motion, but she is at times definitely humanised and even presented as the victim. Then you've got the giants who come down the beanstalk and wreak havoc on the kingdom, or Johnny Depp's wolf, who gets his own villain number to sing, Hello Little Girl, just before he eats Red Riding Hood. I didn't have to think for too long about which song I was going to feature in the list, though. I mean, face it. If you've got the choice between Depp growling his way through a song in an attempt to be as tuneful as possible, and Streep killing it and being just generally Meryl Streep, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Plus, Last Midnight is exceptionally eerie, and it just sends chills down my spine. Hey, hey. This next song is going to sound like a bit of a ridiculous inclusion to the list, but seriously, I defy you to watch this sequence and not get creeped out by it. Okay, so it's been featured in Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, and then later in The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, but don't laugh yet. This is some serious stuff. The villains in question here are the Heffalumps and the Woozles, who show up in a horrendously trippy and psychedelic dream sequence to try and steal Pooh's honey from him, and things get creepy. They're near, they're gone. They're near. They're quick and slick. They're insincere. Beware, beware, be a very wary bear. A Heffalump or Woozle is very... I think I owe my brother a bit of an apology here. The film which scared him most as a kid was Winnie the Pooh's Most Grand Adventure, in which the gang go to a giant skull to search for Christopher Robin. And this fear of his was pretty much always a great source of hilarity for me. But now I'm thinking he had a point. 
Watching this back, I can see that Winnie the Pooh was some dark stuff. Was this really for children? Oh, it's nightmarish. They all merge and transform, multiply, and there's that refrain of beware, beware, beware going on in the background. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say that the Heffalumps and the Weasels are seriously some of the most underrated villains of the last 60 years. Oh, could someone, like, read me a nice soothing bedtime story tonight or something? Take the horror away, please. Seven, seven. Talking of horror, I'm actually a bit too much of a wuss to have seen this film the whole way through. I keep meaning to get round to it, like sit down with the curtains pulled and the lights off for the full, uninterrupted experience. But then I remember the bit where they bake people in pies and I sort of lose my appetite. Hey, funny, hey. Uh, so remembering that there's great music in the film, I deferred to my good friend and Sweeney Todd expert, Corin, and asked her which song she would choose as the best villain song. And she gave me a short list from which I went for the song Epiphany. You, sir! Two, sir! Welcome to the grave! I will have vengeance. I will have salvation. Who, sir? You, sir! No one's in the chair. She's definitely pro-Sweeney and anti-the-evil judge, so the whole who-is-the-villain thing is a bit of a grey area, much like the colour palette that Tim Burton chose to go for for the entire film, am I right? But anyway, I chose Epiphany because to me it's the most like a traditional villain song. He's very angry, he explains his motivation, it's got that wonderfully gothic vibe behind it all as well. And whilst I know I said not two songs ago that I prefer to listen to Meryl Streep singing than Johnny Depp, This is exactly a type of role which he excels at playing. That glint of madness in his eyes lies just the right side of terrifying, and the roughness in his voice gets across very nicely the torment that he's feeling as he makes a decision to take his revenge. Number six is an interesting one, and almost more disturbing than it would be otherwise, because it doesn't take place between two strangers who are out to destroy one another, but it takes place within the context of a mother-daughter relationship, albeit a very unhealthy one. It's the scene in Tangled in which Mother Gothel tries to prevent Rapunzel from ever leaving the tower by singing this huge Broadway-style number, Mother Knows Best. Right here, Mother will protect you. Darling, here's what I suggest. Skip the drama, stay with Mama. Mother knows best. This one's wonderfully melodramatic, and it's in complete contrast to all the pretty, poppy songs sung by Rapunzel herself. It's also horribly sinister because up until this point, the manipulative nature of Mother Gothel's relationship with Rapunzel has only been hinted at, but here it becomes full-blown obvious. The subtle and then not-so-subtle ways in which she undermines the very impressionable Rapunzel's independence, it's so ruthless. And then later in the film, when Rapunzel finally makes it outside, the reprise builds on this and takes it even further with more sinister chords and lyrics. Plus, I want to give something back to Tangled, as I spent some time mistakenly thinking that Frozen was the superior film, and I'm still being forced by the internet and society to hear Let It Go jokes and parodies a year and a half on. Team Tangled. Five, five. Okay, so take not one, not two, but six women in jail on Murderous's Row, confessing to the murders of their husbands, and, apart from one exception, revelling in openly retelling the stories of what they did, and you've got one heck of a villain song. This is the Cell Block Tango, or He Had It Coming, from Chicago. Which 
Not a huge fan of this movie per se. There's some great moments, but overall it's not one of my favourites. I am, however, a huge fan of what Chicago achieved for the movie musical. Before Chicago came along in 2002, no movie musical had won an Oscar since Oliver way back in 1969. And Chicago, along with the sensational, and to my mind superior, Moulin Rouge the previous year, helped to bring us into a new era of Mamma Mia, Les Mis, and even High School Musical. And with spectacular numbers like this, it's not hard to see why it was such a success. The use of the red ribbons to symbolise the manner in which the death of each man occurred, the repeated use of the particular words that link to each woman's story in the opening and the background vocals, the defiantly unrepentant lyrics that proudly admit to the murders, but affirm that they were all warranted, it's a fantastic ode to villainy, and it's interestingly also the only song on the list to revel in the crime having already been committed, and not be part of the preparation for the big moment. <laughs> Next up is a film for all, and yet none, of the different holiday seasons at once. Because I can never find the right time to watch it. I watch it at Halloween, and it leaves me with too warm and fuzzy a Christmassy feeling in my tummy. Or I watch it at Christmas, and I can't escape the fact that most of the story takes place in Halloween town. Brilliantly, that's also how the film came about. Tim Burton was inspired by the fact that as soon as autumn comes along, shops are full of both Halloween and Christmas decorations, and they seem to be jostling for our attention and intruding in on one another. And this led to the mixture of the light and the dark and the jolly and the scary that defines the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas. Case in point? The villain Oogie Boogie kidnapping jolly old Santa Claus and singing about what's going to happen to him in the Oogie Boogie song. Cause this may be the last time you hear the boogie song. Oogie Boogie is creepy. He's a sack made out of insects, which is pretty repulsive. And unlike the rest of the inhabitants of Halloween Town, he doesn't just scare people for fun, he appears to be truly evil. This is another one which strikes me now as legitimately scary for kids. Everything's dark in the scene, it's all lit up by this eerie fluorescent light as Oogie Boogie dances around and plays roulette with Santa's life. Ugh. Three. Three. Never trust a half-octopus, half-person sea witch with purple skin who goes around singing burlesque-themed songs and trying to persuade you to give up your voice. I mean, it should be obvious, but apparently it's not. And that's why we get this wonderful song in The Little Mermaid. It's sung by Ursula as she tricks Ariel into signing away her voice in exchange for three days as a human, and it's called Poor Unfortunate Souls. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, and do I help them? Yes, indeed. Now, if the song wasn't so brilliant, I would get seriously frustrated with this scene. In a way, it's a similar situation to Mother Knows Best Entangled, because Ursula paints herself as being helpful. She seduces Ariel into the deal by demonstrating that she's got her best interests at heart, just as Mother Gothel sings to Rapunzel that she's protecting her from the outside world. However, at least Rapunzel has a reason to trust Mother Gothel, in that she's lived with her her whole life. Ariel's just an idiot. Nothing could be more obviously evil than Ursula and this scene. It's a glorious bit of villainy. The depth and the tone of Ursula's voice is wonderful. The ominous lighting in the cave, her repeated evil cackles. The whole aesthetic of it just bubbles over with pure evilness. And it's just a class song. I love it. Two, two. This song is just fantastic. Perhaps to appreciate it fully, you should see the musical, or at least watch some classically trained West End singers on YouTube. Because Gerard Butler, though an excellent Spartan, 
perhaps doesn't have quite the vocals for it, but the song is so iconic that it doesn't even matter, as long as that organ is there at the beginning and the Phantom is shouting at Christine to sing for him. This is the wonderful title track from Phantom of the Opera. Again, it's up for debate whether the Phantom is a fully villainous figure or just really suffering as a cause of his deformity. But this is one of the songs which definitely shows villainous intent. Having appeared to Christine as the angel of music, she is entirely enraptured. She's under his spell, and while singing this song, he leads her from her dressing room to his secret underground lair. It's perhaps not even the most villainous song in the musical, but it stands out in a musical full of, as you would expect, operatic songs, because it's got so much more of a hard rock edge. The electric guitar and the drums create such an interesting contrast with the opera vocals, particularly as the song builds to its end and Christine's voice gets higher and higher as the phantom pushes her to sing for him, sing for him, and it ends in the highest note of the whole musical, an E6, if that means anything to anyone out there. My time as a soprano in choir at school definitely did not prepare me for that. And then there's that organ riff at the start, gives me goosebumps. One, one. It had to be, didn't it? This song is in a league of its own, and it's basically the reason why I wanted to do this list, because I love it so very much. The lyrics are genius, the scene is a masterclass in absolute power wielded by a truly great villain, and it's stupidly catchy and fun to dance around the house singing. Just me? <laughs> this is Be Prepared from The Lion King. Where to begin? This is pure propaganda. Scar gets the hyenas on his side and gains an army to kill Mufasa through promises of letting them into the Pride Lands and them having enough to eat. And so this scene in which Scar is seated on a high cliff with beams of light pointing up at him as his army of hyenas marches in front of him, it's sensationally scary. Mostly because it was directly inspired by footage of actual Nazi rallies lifted from the Nazi propaganda film Triumph of the Will. In the Nuremberg rallies, one of the main features was called the Cathedral of Light, in which 130 searchlights were pointed skywards, created like a series of vertical bars surrounding the audience, as Hitler sat up on high and thousands upon thousands of troops marched in front of him. So there's the fact that this was direct inspiration for Be Prepared. Then there was the fact that Jeremy Irons put so much into the singing of this song that his voice gave out two-thirds of the way through and he had to be replaced by Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh. There's the manipulation of the hyenas, the stupendously clever rhyming lyrics. It's just ace. And it gave four-year-old me my first nightmare, which I can still remember crystal clearly. I was in my bed and the hyenas came to eat me and boy was I freaked out. This is just a sensational song. Martes at the movies. Okay, that's it. Come back from the dark side. That is the end of our top ten list of best movie villain songs. What did you think? Did you agree? Did you disagree with my choices? Or do you think I missed out on any really great songs? Let me know by tweeting me at it's just by one, or by facebooking me at Martes at the movies, and I'm also on WordPress at Martes at the movies. Don't forget to go over to YouTube where you can listen to a playlist on It's Just Bry of the full versions of all of this week's songs. And you can even go over to iTunes and leave a review, help the podcast out. 
Next week, we're talking about the best performances by fictional choirs and bands in movies. So yeah, warming up your vocal cords and stock up on some strapsels in preparation for that. In the meantime, may the force be with you, the odds be ever in your favour, and I'll see you next Martis. Bye.